0: Hey guys, we've officially wrapped up season one of the podcast. It's been an amazing journey and I've been able to glean so many incredible insights from our incredible guest. A big shout out and thank you to everyone who's been on the show. Today we have another bonus episode for your enjoyment. A few weeks ago I sat down with Paulo on the Milestone Hackers podcast and had a great chat about startup life, co-founding partners, balancing family and startup life, and how to avoid fear. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review and consider supporting the show financially by buying some Code Story gear at codestory.co/store or by checking us out on Patreon by going to codestory.co/patreon. Enjoy today's bonus episode on the Milestone Hackers podcast.
1: everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Milestone Hackers podcast. And I am here joined with uh, another guest um, who I will say is a serial founder um, who has uh, successfully, I guess, launched and created various um, various products. Um, and uh, his name is Noah Lapart. Hi, Noah. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi. Thanks for having me, Paulo.
1: Great. Awesome. Um, and so, Noah, just for the listeners... Can you maybe just um, tell them a little bit about who you are um, and what maybe your journey has been into from, I guess, uh, the initial uh, launching of a business to where you are now? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I graduated
0: college in two thousand five and started working in corporate America, um, worked, did some consulting and then started to work for Alcon Laboratories and did that for about eight years. Um, you know, did the corporate thing. Um, moved into an IT management role and and was well taken care of was was uh, worked for a great company but I just it just wasn't making the difference that I wanted to I, I wasn't seeing the fruit of my labor mm-hmm. Um, and I have a um, a lot of family members who are entrepreneurs themselves and you know I have so I have that kind of that bloodline I have that blood in me and and I just had the urge to the itch to get out and do something on my own to give it a shot you know I was I was uh, Young, I had a, a young family, which was a little bit of a risk, but um, uh, we decided to kind of leave corporate America behind jump out and start um, start my agency, which is called TouchTap. And so TouchTap is a, a digital solutions agency. We build mobile apps and startup software platforms. Um, so that's our bread and butter. Um, so started that in 2015, April of 2015 with just me. Wow. And... Um, jumped out and, uh, didn't know. I was, didn't know what I was doing. Bit off a lot more than I could chew, uh, initially, but, um, you know, learned a lot of hard mistake or a lot of hard, uh, lessons, made a few mistakes, uh, coming out of the gate. Um, but ultimately they shaped who I was and, and, um, who I am now and, uh, really taught me some really important lessons that I, I still uh, value. Um, and, um and utilized today, so I did that for you know, a couple of years, and then um, got the itch to do my own startup. So I was building startup uh, software for for people and okay. um, with my team, and it was great, loved it. And then got the itch to do my own thing, and was like, hey, you know, I'm not I'm not the idea guy. I'm the tech guy. I'm the executor. So you know, if uh, you know, kind of networking with my friends, saying, hey, if you know of anybody that's got ideas that are just looking for a tech co-founder, throw them my way. Um, let's talk to them. So, I got introduced with my to my current partner, uh, Mike Kinder, uh, for for variable uh, in twenty sixteen. Okay, um, and uh, he pitched me the idea for variable, and I immediately latched onto it. And we've been running strong for three years doing that. Um, we're in six states and nine markets now, and uh, no sign of slowing. And um, helping what variable is is an on-demand marketplace for manufacturing and distribution labor so um everybody's got an uber tagline or our uber tagline is the uber for the shop floor right the uber for the manufacturing plant right um so did that uh it's going great have an amazing team um we're up to nearly 60 now and uh on our way to on our way to 80 for next year so we're growing quite a bit Wow. Um, and then you know the, the the podcast. So I'm I'm the podcast host. I'm a, the host of Code Story, and uh, we started. Uh, we uh, I started doing that this year. Um, I love how I built this, and I love Guy Raz and the work he does, and it's an amazing show. Um, but I kind of wanted that bent towards tech. I kind of wanted a little bit more tech, a little bit more bits and bytes in the um, in the interviews. Um, but still that sort of story from a CTO perspective or from an indie hacker perspective of, you know, going through the process of building an MVP and um, really digging into uh, trade-offs and the the tech side of the tech startup and things like that. So um, I couldn't find it. couldn't find the show exactly like I wanted to, um, you know, produce with music and things like that. So I decided to go ahead and jump out and do it. And so we're 17 episodes in, and and that's been really fun. Uh, Talked to some amazing, amazing people, uh, people way smarter than I am uh, about the solutions that they've built and and the roads they've traveled. Um, Last thing, and then I will, I'll stop. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Go ahead. I
0: I am a, uh, also uh, I'm a husband of 10 years. I'm a dad of three. So I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Ooh, Busy, busy. And you're very busy. And uh, I'm a man of faith. So faith is a big, important mm-hmm. part of my life. Uh, I'm an avid outdoorsman, too. I like to hunt, like to fish, sure. like to be out in the, where the air is crisp. So I try to be away from the screen when I, when I can.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to balance it, for sure. Um, okay, so you, you mentioned a, a various things, actually, that I kind of want to dig into a little bit. And so just sort of going back a little bit, um, you mentioned initially you know, you were involved in the corporate lifestyle. Um, and uh, although you were, you know, treated, I guess, good and fairly, you still were able to make that jump. But I guess my question is, was that initial transition difficult? Like when you first said, okay, I'm going to leave this corporate to do, you know, be a co-founder or a founder or, or wherever else? Did you find that difficult to do? Or was that sort of something that just came like naturally?
0: Um, you know, it's interesting. It it was definitely difficult. Um, <clears throat> I, I I can't, um, can't sideswipe that. It was, uh, it was definitely difficult. Uh, I, I was excited to jump out. Um, mm-hmm. I was excited to do my own thing, but you know, it was probably a, a 50% pay cut. Um, we had, uh, one kid and one kid on the way. Um, and, uh, my, my wife at the, uh, my wife at that, that point was staying home, uh, with mm-hmm. the kids. And, and so I was the primary source of income. And it was difficult. Um, and honestly, my all credit to those early few months goes to my wife because she was the rock. Uh, <laughs> she was the one yeah. picking me up from the corner uh, going, you know, it's just hard. It's hard to come out on your own. You're learning. You're going to learn so much and everything's going to work out fine. And, and she, she's amazing. Uh, she, she really uh, helped support me through that through that time of uh, of transition, so it, but it was very hard.
1: It's very hard, yeah. And so that's important though, because you know you had that support uh, from your wife, who who I mean, just putting myself in that position, um, you know, where I'm leaving to get a to do my own thing, but I'm getting a little bit of a pay cut. That's stressful on its own, but also having a child and a child on the way. I mean, obviously that's that's could be you know even more stressful, right? There's some more responsibility coming your way, right? So so. It, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, I guess the support, um, from your wife was, was, was key in that, which I, I kind of wanted to highlight and, and, and shout out to her for, for doing that. Um, cause that's, uh, you know, uh, an important thing to sort of, uh, help you along your way and help the family and everything, but also, you know, um, just again, going through the whole aspect of, you know, being pregnant and, and expecting, uh, um, uh, you know, to sort of pick up the slack, if you will, while you sort of are trying to make things work. Um, good g- on her for that. Really, um, that's, that's that's really good to hear. And
0: so, yeah, absolutely, she's amazing.
1: Yeah, and you also mentioned um, that sort of you learned some some lessons or or you learned from some mistakes along the way. Is there anything you can share? Maybe like one or two things that sort of stick out. That you've kind of experienced, that you thought, hmm. Although this was difficult at the time, um, I learned, you know, whatever it is from this experience, and then that kind of stuck with you. Is there anything that comes to mind? Oh,
0: sure. There's a lot. Uh, there's definitely uh, uh, there's definitely one big one though. Um, okay. When I jumped out from from the corporate world and started my agency again, it was it was just me. Um, and the first project that I I jumped out to take on was building uh, a startup solution, a, a software platform for a salon. But fully remote. The salon was in New Hampshire and I'm, I'm in Texas. Okay. Um, and you know, I had done project management. I'd done, I'd led teams at, um, in the corporate world. Um, so, so I wasn't afraid of that and felt like I kind of had to figure it figured out. Um, what I realized was I bit off way more than I could chew. Um, I immediately sort of lost control of the project management of the budget of, you know, of, a lot of the quality of the work that we were creating, um, and and I just did I did a very poor job of all of those things. Um, the developers I worked with were amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're There's still some some really good friends today that worked on the on the project, but it was uh, it was tough. Um, you know, essentially had to pay them and then go back to the client and say I can't produce what you're asking for. Uh, it, you know, I've, I've lost control of the project. I bit off way more than I could chew. Um, you know, tried to give her the software as it was. Um, didn't she? Didn't like that? Um, yeah. <laughs> obviously, because it wasn't yeah. it wasn't finished. Exactly. Um, so we kind of had some back and forth. Almost got to a legal point where we had to bring in lawyers. And I was like, you know, let me just let me just give you your money back. Wow. And so essentially, I paid all of the developers that worked for me and took care of them because so that's something I I definitely I'll always believe in. Um, I'm mm-hmm. the the founder, I'm the the project owner. I I take the hits. The workers don't take the hits. Sure. sure. So um, paid my pay my developers, and then ended up having to pay um, you know this client back out of my own savings. So some money that we had saved up that was sort of supposed to be our cushion, kind of coming out of the corporate America sure. uh, world, and went away like that. Um, so that was a really hard lesson, and I. I had a hard time with it. I was like, "Did I make a mistake? Did I did I do the wrong thing here?" Um, and again, my wife was incredibly supportive and and encouraged me, um, and encouraged me to reflect on you know what went wrong and 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 think about how I could do things differently. And I did. I, I decided from that point on. I was, okay, I gotta I gotta stop trying to just you know, bite the whole elephant and just take one bite at a time. So I just jumped out and took on a project that was just enough for me to where we could make money and pay the bills and had some success there. Then took on some more projects. And then after that, uh, realized, okay, I've got too many projects. I need some help. So then brought on some help from there. Um, and then when two people got overwhelmed, just continued to bring on more and more help as the pipeline demanded it. Um, and it grew, grew small, um, and grew, uh, grew well over time. And that ended up being a lesson i I still carry with me today. It's like, just take it one bite at a time, take it one piece at a time. Um, don't bite off more than you can chew and be realistic with what you can, with what you can achieve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so thank you for sharing that as well, because I mean, um, sometimes, you know, just sort of being on social media and things like that um especially with like uh technical founders it a lot of the times when i'm like reading certain things on the internet you know it it seems to be really focusing on the positive side of things which i mean no doubt there's a lot of positive things um whether that's milestones that they've hit you know what their MRR is per month you know various things but seldom I, i hear the opposite like what maybe didn't go according to plan or or what um, lessons they learned along the way or something that they maybe thought was going to transpire and and maybe they failed that certain aspect of things. But um, the key important thing here is, you know, you don't let that sort of drag you down in terms of um, quitting, for example. I mean, you you yes, it's it's hard and maybe you emotionally takes a toll and, and the rest of it. But um, just the fact that you're able to sort of, you know, regather your thoughts and then sort of, you know, go at it again. So, so even though, you know, there's mistakes out there that occur and they're going to occur no matter which stage you're in. I think the key is, no, don't let that totally derail you. It might derail you for, you know, a little bit, but just know that, you know, get back on the train and let's sort of have that attempt again. Right. So absolutely. That's important. Um, and so then in terms of, um, like the technical side of things, do you consider, are you like a technical founder then? Uh,
0: yeah, 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 I am. I I definitely am. I, I definitely dabble in, in not dabble. Um, I definitely am, am tech minded. I'm a developer at heart. I like to build things. Um, I, I like to architect solutions. That's kind of where my head goes more these days is the architecture more than the the actual coding. But um, but yeah, I've built built lots of things with my hands.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, no, 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 very good. And so then, it, I, how did that like transpire? Was that something you just learned yourself, or did you like go to like a boot camp or something? Or how did that?
0: Sure. Good question. So I, I'm a graduate of Texas a and I graduated uh, with a computer science degree and an applied mathematics degree. Okay. And so when I when I got out of school, I immediately started writing software uh, as a consultant for a consulting company. But but and again in the corporate world, um, doing .NET development. So sure. I did C Sharp .NET for a year or so, um, and then went to uh, Alcon Laboratories, since where I spent eight years um, in corp- in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do software development at Alcon, but I continued to do contract software development on the side uh, to bring in some extra money and keep my skills fresh. It was all still .NET development mm-hmm. until right before um, right before I left Alcon. I'd say right before, probably six months before I left Alcon, I started learning mobile development. So I taught myself Objective-C. Um, bought a Mac, started building mobile apps, did a few projects, Uh, did a project with a buddy where we built a mobile app that was a a sports fan experience that kind of aggregated RSS, YouTube, um, a bunch of different, you know, medium, social media and things all in one spot for a a certain team. And then we flipped that for different sports teams. Uh, We called it Sports Insider. So that was a really cool project to kind of get my feet wet. Yeah. Um, And in doing that, I learned a ton uh, obviously, picked up mobile development um, and I- iOS development, and then jumped out, started doing it, doing it on my own from there.
1: Okay, and that's and that's interesting too because I I've sort of heard this because I mean, I'm I'm not well, technical or not technical. I'm not sure where I stand at this point, but I'm trying. <laughs> so <laughs> um, uh, I, I've taken like you know the whatever courses I can that are that are uh, that are free, like you know free to co camp things like that. I watched a lot of YouTube videos, and I found just recently what's helping me I guess in conjunction with that but even more so is working on my like on a project that I actually want to work on that seems to propel me a little bit in terms of like trying to really diagnose like okay well why am I getting this error and like really try to wrap my head around it rather than just like watching a YouTube video and just like following verbatim like what they're doing and then having them sort of go through all that troubleshooting and then it just seems like when I when I follow the video I don't sort of learn as much as if I just kind of do it on my own and that's something that I'm kind of uh, sort of toying with now is just building things by myself and just you know yes it's frustrating sometimes and um, just even just trying to find the right words to like search to get an answer is, is, is something that sometimes is, is frustrating but uh, I found that this approach is definitely helpful for anyone out there who's maybe thinking about doing the same like learning how to code or whatever I mean don't get me wrong the courses are completely fine and they're great as a as an introduction to things but i think it reaches a point where it kind of starts sounding like mumbo-jumbo if you just like if you don't actually go out there and just do it um so i just wanted to like raise that yeah and, uh, absolutely yeah and so um you had mentioned uh touch tap and that was your i guess what i call that quote-unquote your baby is that still sort of like the the most popular uh I guess uh, um, product out there right
0: now? Uh, no, actually. So, so TouchTap is my is my agency, okay. um, and actually, it's it's kind of wound down. It's still around and still alive, but um, the pipeline has has definitely uh, gotten smaller. And uh, really, it's from lack of a, a, of attention to it. Um, so, Variable is actually my my main thing right now. Um, so, I'm co-founder and CTO at Variable. Um, so, we have a much bigger team, we have a much bigger footprint, and we're we're growing rapidly. Um, So that's, that's the main thing right now and the podcast too.
1: And so then when you um, met your co-founder, I guess, Mike, um, how did that, like, how did you guys know you would like be a good fit to work together? Like, I'm I'm assuming you guys met at some point, did you like have multiple like meetings or like, how did you guys decide, okay, you know what, I can work, we can work with each other here. We can make this work.
0: Sure. That's a good,
1: that's a good question.
0: Um, You know, I I think there's two things I'll say to that one, uh, we were introduced by a mutual friend. Um, so having, having that person know both of us sort of, you know, if you're, if you're referred, if, if you get a warm lead from a referral, right, it's going to be a better sure. referral because you know, that person, same thing with, with Mike and I, I think we, we both knew our friend, uh, with, who's Ryland Barnes, who's the, was the, uh, founder and CTO of Shop Savvy still is, mm-hmm. um, and, um, he uh, he introduced us, and we had a great conversation over lunch about the idea. You know, it took a little bit of time to think about it, talk about it um, with my wife, and and think about it as a family. And um, we sort of just hit it off. The, the other part, you know, he he knew manufacturing. Um, you know, In and Out, he'd been doing it for many many years, uh, running plants, running operations at plants, and then working at PwC as a strategic director of operations. So. Basically, going out to plants and telling them how they could do their things better, um, and and I had supported manufacturing at Alcon for three or four years, um, so we both knew manufacturing very well and immediately could could see the value in solving this problem. So that was a that was a big big thing of it. Um, okay. So that, that's how we got to, that's how we sort of knew, okay, hey, we're going to, we're going to do well here. Um, but you know, as, as any founders, you know, we, we, um, we definitely got in the trenches together and, you know, had our, had our share of, uh, of conversations and issues and, and work through things and, you know, trying to figure out how we operate together. And I, I think we've come to a really, a really, really good uh, trusting relationship after three years of, you know, he knows that. That I have um, the tech handled, and I have the company's best intentions, and I know that he has the the business handled and um, the company's best intentions at heart, and um, you know it. That comes through through going through trials together.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, and so then when you guys are um, I guess just trying to like give each other feedback or maybe share ideas. Like, do you guys just like meet every once in a while? Or is it just like uh, through like the, some type of like uh, zoom or anything like that? Like, how do you guys actually like talk? Do you guys, are you close enough that you can sort of like walk to each other's house? Like, how does that work?
0: Oh, sure. Good question. So, so we're not, so Variable is not remote. Variable is an in-office company. So we are, we're based in, uh, in Dallas, our offices in the, in the West end of Dallas. And so we, we see each other every day. Every day. Okay, um, perfect. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. So there's, you know, there's nearly 60 of us on the team but at the, uh, Dallas office, there's probably 20 or so. Okay. Um, so Mike and I see each other on a regular basis. We're also both on the board together. Um, you know, we're roadmapping this thing out as a business, uh, as technology, um, together and making approvals, um, on, on what we're going to do next.
1: Exactly. And so, um, do you guys have like, I don't know, maybe like a five-year vision, like where you want to be, where does that company want to go?
0: Sure. That's a, that's a great question. So right now we're, we are present in the, um, in Texas and in the Southeast. Um, so we're in Texas, Arizona, um, which is not Southeast, but kind of up by Texas, um, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, and, uh, pretty soon we're going to be moving into the uh, Florida market as well. Okay. Our goals moving forward kind of remain the same. Um, is educating businesses on a new labor paradigm. So manufacturing has traditionally used full-time labor and temp staffing. Mm-hmm. What we're what we're not is temp staffing, and we're definitely not full-time labor. We are in a new labor paradigm that is on demand when you need it. Um, it's, not, um, it's not temp staffing where you bring in people, you don't get to choose who they are, and they work for a, a set amount of time. Yeah. We bring in people that can work by the piece or work on a Monday and that's it. We'll um, work on the weekend or different off shifts, things like that. So our goals are to educate the manufacturing distribution space on this new way to use labor. Um, and in doing that, we want to expand geography. Um, you know, we've, we've looked in the Northeast, Midwest, uh, into the industrial kind of areas um, and provide a new way for people to uh, to achieve flexible capacity while, while also mm-hmm. providing flexible work opportunities for these uh, workers as well.
1: Exactly. Okay. And so then um, is it, so when the workers, for example, say, okay, I, I can only work on Monday, is that like a contract that after has to be signed that says, okay, well, you know, uh, employee A is, is only available Mondays. Like, how does that, so that's a, that's a
0: good question. So, so they express what days they want to work by the opportunities they they express interest in, right? So there's terms of service for getting on the platform um, for businesses and for workers. But if I'm a worker and I only want to work on a Monday, I'm only going to be looking for, for ops is what we call them, work opportunities. For ops that are based on a Monday, or if I only want, if I can only work Monday through Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, I got to take care of my kids. I'm only looking for ops that are available on a Monday and Wednesday. Um, the cool thing about our platform is that businesses create what they call labor pools. Right, people they've worked with that they've um, that know their operation, know their tool set, um, perhaps even know uh, their products, but basically have have gone through and have have been sort of vetted. Uh, they've been used before, right? They're their favorites. And that labor pool can be uh, posted to as kind of a private um, on-demand labor pool. So if I want to post work for someone um, and I need them to come in on a Monday, right? But I only want the people that know my operation. I can only post to those 10 people instead of you know the 25,000 that are out there um, that I have to vet through. So it's a way to, to manage your favorites there too.
1: That's a neat way of, um, of managing it. Actually, it's, it's really unique. I never, never heard of that. So that's a very unique idea. And Thanks. and so has that been fairly successful then up to now?
0: It has. Yeah, it has. Um, we've, we've been, um, our, our flagship market was, uh, North Texas. So it's DFW a little bit north of DFW and down all the way to Waco. Um, and then our biggest market is our Houston market. Um, but it's been taking off a little bit, a little bit better in, in Houston, um, but no, I, I, once we get a chance to educate manufacturers, distributors, warehouses on this new labor paradigm, it, it just it just clicks. It makes sense for the operations people. They're like, okay, so I can variableize my labor, and I can I can make it to where I don't have a fixed full time capacity. I have a variable capacity based on my demand, um, and I bring people in and out. Then. You're, you know we're essentially allowing them to achieve that flexible capacity chase after revenue opportunities, lower their administrative costs because they're not hiring and firing people. Um, so it's a, it's just it's a much better situation and then on the worker side, it's great for them because they get to work when they want they get to work in the industry that they want to mm-hmm. they get paid daily um, so it's it's been a really attractive opportunity on both sides.
1: Wow. wow sounds like a really good uh, really good business so congratulations for that Uh Thank so you. far yeah okay and so um you know I guess like overview of, of things so you know when you you worked in all these various places and you like founded various things here um, and you mentioned you know on your spare time of course you have a family um, and how do you I guess like how did you balance the time between all these I guess business responsibilities versus like like family which is obviously important to you you um, like how did you find that happy medium like in the middle for both, both, both things?
0: Sure. That's a, that's a great question. And and, and I'll be transparent. I don't always do it well and I didn't always do it well. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think that for me, uh, what, what is helpful is to remember what's really important. Um, you know, all of these opportunities and ventures and businesses can go away tomorrow. And, what am I left with? I'm left with my family. They're, Mm -hmm. they're the most important thing. My wife is the most important. Um, my God, my faith is most important. My wife is, Mm -hmm. is also extremely important. My kids are extremely important. And, you know, whether I'm, you know, doing these exciting ventures and things or not, uh, what's really important is that they know that I love them, um, that they know that I'm here for them. Um, and so I try to, um, try to make sure that I am keeping my priorities straight. You know, I, and I don't—I don't always do that well. Um, definitely being a human being, being a man, um, but but I do strive for that. And when I don't do it well, I, I try to be accountable to that and make amends. Um, what is cool about. Doing your own thing and your own business is you you are able to to sort of make your schedule, or you have more flexibility in your schedule. So I am a I'm I'm much more able to go to functions for my kids. I coached my son's baseball team this year. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so we get to we get to do a lot of a lot of fun things. Um, the kids are still young, so my wife and I are still uh, craving taking some trips together, and that's hopefully <laughs> yeah. hopefully on the list for next year. But okay. <laughs> um, but that's uh, just keeping keeping them the main thing um, you know, keeping faith and family, the, the main thing over, over these adventures.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And so then, um, and one other thing you mentioned too, was, you know, a few hobbies and you like to sort of be outdoors. Just, I'm just trying to like, think, you know, when you, when you have like maybe a very busy or, or hectic schedule, uh, for a period of time, does that, does that break just by going outside, maybe being away from things for a little bit in terms of like work capacity. Does that really, is it really helpful for you? Like, does does you get, do you get clarity there? Like mental clarity?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's totally necessary. Um, on top of all that, I'm an introvert. So I have to get uh, alone time. Um, I have to get time where I'm just letting my thoughts run, you know, um, connecting in my faith, uh, letting my, my mind sort of clear. And it, it, it makes me function so much better as a husband, as a dad, as a CTO, as a podcast host. It, it gives me clarity in my head, and I think the way another thing that came to mind, like how how to achieve that, is to be extremely boundaryed with what I say yes to, sure. and with what um, what I spend my time doing, and when I stop doing those things too, uh, is 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 super. Super important, but I do find those times when I can get away outside in the fresh air, away from a screen, or even just in my chair and in, in, in my chair in my living room in a quiet space when everybody's sleeping. I like to get up early uh, and read um, or think, and sure. and those times really really yeah. center me for for the rest of the the chaos.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, and I and I completely agree too. Like I, for myself personally, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I need that. A bit of time just to kind of let sort of everything just like I don't know, I guess, come back to neutral. Maybe that's the best way to explain it, at least for myself. Um, and so, same thing. Like I, I need I need some time once once in a while to sort of you know do my own thing or 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 like let my mind kind of run, like as you mentioned. Uh, and that sort of for me, it sort of realigns me back to where I have to be. I find. And so um, yeah, sometimes taking that break is important, especially you know when when things are. Maybe hectic, uh, obviously, when you're going through the ups, things are great, so maybe you don't need that as much, um, but then sometimes when you know things are not going so well and you sort of you know start getting down a little bit uh, emotionally, maybe that's an opportunity to take a little bit of a break there and sort of just get a breather and, and reset um, okay, so um, we're just reaching the end of uh, time here, but uh, I just wanted to ask if any advice that you can give to maybe um, uh, an entrepreneur who is just starting out or maybe uh, is debating on taking the plunge really wants to like is there anything you can offer up that maybe can sort of help or inspire
0: sure um that's a great question um i think what i would say what comes to mind is don't be afraid um give it give it a shot i think that people can shortchange themselves and what they're capable of. And I I don't think that's, that's um, I think that is leaving something on the table. I think that is um, what's the right way to say it. I think that is excluding something that the world needs. Mm -hmm. I I believe that everybody's made in, in a certain way made uh, in the image of God and, and that they are made with certain capabilities and, And, um, you know, I think when we hold those things back, we really, the world misses out. And so I would say, don't be afraid, get out there, jump out. Uh, if you got an idea, give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, you know, that's okay. You know, if it does work out, awesome. Good job. Uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, you'll have another idea or you'll have another opportunity or a lead to something. Um, but it's those, you know, it's, it's when we walk in fear that we really miss out on, on all that, that is um, that is possible.
1: Perfect. I couldn't agree more there. Um, okay. So, uh, lastly, maybe tell everybody where they can find maybe either some information about yourself or about variable or anything you want to share in terms of social media handles.
0: Sure. Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, that's my main social media platform I'm on, um, check out my, my podcast code story.co. We're um, also on any um, you know, major podcast directories there. You can check out variable at variableops.com and touchtap at touchtap.com. Um, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to noalappart.com. Got lots of websites.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? Your website's actually really well done. Uh, FYI. I just wanted to throw that out there. I was looking, like, oh, this is perfect. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, just for the folks who are listening, uh, we'll include all this uh, information, all the links uh, and such uh, in the show notes. So it's easy for you just to grab that there if you don't have a pen or paper handy at the moment. Um, and that's it. So no, I, I really do appreciate your time for coming on. I, I hope to perhaps have you on maybe uh, half a year from now, see where things are going, see how our variable's doing, see if anything else new and exciting has uh, transpired since, since this chat. So I just wanted to uh, say thank you very much for your time. I truly appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having me, Paul. This has been super fun, and I would love to be on again.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. And there you have it, another episode of the Milestone Hackers podcast uh, featuring guest uh, Noah Laphart. I hope that conversation was beneficial uh, for our listeners and hope you were at least able to take away one thing um, from this podcast episode. Uh, of course, feel free to uh, reach out to me if you have any uh, comments, suggestions, maybe uh, future guests that you would like to see on the show. You can reach me at Twitter. My handle there is hacker, uh, no plural. Otherwise, you can reach me at milestonehackers at gmail.com. Uh, second to that, I also did create and have a Patreon page now uh, available um, for anyone who's willing to uh, donate to the show if so inclined to do so, uh, and also we are currently seeking for uh, and looking for a sponsorship, um, especially uh, going into 2020. I think that's something that we or I am going to concentrate more heavily on. Uh, my Patreon page is patreon.com slash milestone hackers, all one word, uh, and you can find that information there. Otherwise, uh, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the next episode. Take care now.